This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. Senator Tom Carper chairs the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Subcommittee with IT Security Oversight. And along with Senators Joe Lieberman and Susan Collins, the Delaware Democrat is sponsor of comprehensive IT security legislation before Congress. Hello, I'm Eric Charber of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group, and I'm again pleased to welcome back Senator Carper. Thanks for taking time to speak with us, Senator. Eric, great to be with you today. Thank you for the invitation. For the past three Congresses, you've been one of the primary advocates for IT security reform. Yet Congress hasn't passed comprehensive IT security legislation in years. Are the government's and nation's critical IT systems more at risk today because of Congress's failure to enact comprehensive cybersecurity legislation? Even though some of our legislation has not been enacted, the administration has moved to executive action to uh, incorporate some of the changes that, uh, that we think are, are needed. We need the legislation. Some of what needs to be done has uh, at least been begun by uh, administrative action through the executive branch. And this would be things such as moving toward continuous monitoring with FISMA compliance? Yeah. I'd like to use the example of, say you have a, uh, some horses. They're just especially valuable horses. We put them in a corral. And the way that we've worked in the and our IT security for too long against hackers, we, we basically check the corral for holes like once a year. And meanwhile, then we find that like uh, once a year we find where the bad guys are trying to get in to steal our valuable possession of our horses. And we fix that hole, and then a year later we come back and do it all over again. But rather than having a camera take a photograph once a year, we need to have a, a video camera that's going 24-7, monitoring the entire perimeter of the corral, and that we're prepared to to go to work 24-7 to fix the, uh, to fix the holes. Our legislation would essentially mandate moving to that kind of approach. Some of the agencies have uh, begun doing so on, on their own. Among them, I think the Army's done a pretty good job. I think State Department has uh, done a good job. I think NASA has done a good job, and that's without the, the legislation. We sort of point to them as, as an example to the other agencies as what they can be doing and what they ought to be doing. What's happening with your bill, the Cybersecurity Internet Freedom Act? Slow down last year, in last Congress, there was concern that especially as you saw what was uh, going on earlier this year in, in Egypt where they, and in other countries where they tried to shut down the Internet in order to, to quell uprisings and demonstrations and efforts to uh, to change the government. There's a concern that there's an Internet kill switch that would be available to our president or to future presidents to, to take away the use of the Internet in, in times of civil uprisings. That's not what we're about at all. And we, we try to make clear in, in the revised, reintroduced version of the uh, the bill that there's no Internet kill switch here. The, uh, the president, the director of uh, National Security for Cybersecurity, or any other officer, for that matter, or employee of the U.S., doesn't have the authority to shut down uh, the Internet. We make it really clear. And uh, legislation even takes the extra step to provide an, an opportunity for a judicial review or of, of designations of some of our uh, more sensitive systems and assets has, uh, has covered uh, critical infrastructure. The, the legislation had a fair amount of support. We, we worked last uh, in the last Congress with Senators Rockefeller and Snow to, to come up with a bipartisan, um, almost consensus bill in the Senate. Got sidetracked in, in the congressional back and forth last fall. There just other things too much to get done at, right at the, after the election, so we didn't get done. This year we got sidetracked because of the concerns about all there's an Internet kill switch in the bill, so we fixed that, addressed that to make it clear that's not the case. I think we're back on track, and my hope is that we'll be able to move the legislation out of committee fairly soon and then have a position to go to the floor maybe by, uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be summer, but I hope by summer. 
My hope is it will be put out of committee this spring and before the uh, the the, the, uh, the Senate uh, this summer, maybe as late as this fall. We need to develop a consensus bill. Other committees have jurisdiction, share jurisdiction over these issues. One of the toughest things is getting things done sometimes in the Congress is you've got three or four or five committees or jurisdictions working out all of our differences and having the ability to go forward. And for those who have a different view on a different committee, they have an opportunity to offer amendments to, to whatever base bill comes to the floor. Hopefully we can do that by summer, maybe fall, but hopefully soon. Your bill is somewhat comprehensive. There's some in the House saying that they would rather see more targeted IT security legislation. Will that present a problem getting the necessary IT security enacted by the 112th Congress? I think what I would just do one day at a time, our first challenge is to have uh, addressed the concerns that were raised by those who said, oh, there's an Internet kill switch in this bill. We've done that. Our second challenge is get the bill through the, uh, the Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs, and I think we're poised to do that. And then our third challenge will be to, to come up with a uh, hopefully a consensus bill among the different competing committees or competing jurisdictions and get the legislation through the Senate. Right now, that's what I'm focused on. And I think we have some back-channel dialogue going on with the the folks who also share interest on these issues. And at the end of the day, we'll uh, we'll see if we can't find common ground. We developed a bill with a strong bipartisan support, and it passes the Senate overwhelmingly or maybe even on unanimous consent with no, no negative votes. That sends a very strong message that at least the Senate is interested in the comprehensive approach, not a piecemeal approach, but we need to, to do uh, take it to take the the broad view. Are there any issues you can see holding up possible enactment of this bill? Oh gosh. Well one of one of the issues that, that came up was the internet kill switch that uh, stopped to stop center tracks earlier this year. We've addressed that. And my my hope and expectation is that people look at what we've done and say, well, that's pretty clear that they're not gonna allow the president or anybody who works for the president to have an internet uh, kill switch here. So there, there may be other things that uh, that pop up. Nothing, uh, nothing pops up in my mind at, at this time. But there, I'm sure there'll be some bumps along the way. There's some reservations, uh, I think, by industry about establishing some kind of processes that you make sure that the products that are acquired by the government are secure. Say about the products uh, that are acquired. Yeah. Now, I, I, I like to, to use the analogy of a car. We used to have a lot of, a lot more people died in accidents with cars, trucks, and vans years ago. Although we drive more miles than ever, the, the traffic fatalities don't continue to climb. In fact, I think they actually go down. And what we've done is we've learned to build the safety uh, features into our cars, trucks, and vans. We need to do the same sort of thing when we're buying technology, build as much protection against hackers as we can. And people have a, a concern about that. God bless them. But this is one of those deals which I think is common sense. If you just buy the protection going in, we've had plenty of witnesses that have come before us, people a lot smarter on this stuff than I am who said if you did nothing else, buy technology where you have built in the uh, the protection against a lot of the hackers that are coming after this stuff uh, from other countries and from criminal groups and from young people out for a lot. But you don't see the potential of this bill being killed because of some objections that the industry has that the government would be establishing a standard, even though it's for government, it would go into the whole marketplace? I think we'd be foolish not to uh, to look to use our purchasing power to leverage greater protection built in to, uh, to our technology. To do otherwise would be foolish. And we've had, we've heard from a lot of folks that are not necessarily representatives of, uh, of, of the industry, but people who are very well informed about cybersecurity and how to protect our interests, our, our sensitive materials, say, you know, if you're going to do anything, do this. The Federal Information Security Act requires OMB to report annually to Congress on government IT security. In its fiscal 2009 report, it pegged IT security spending at $6.8 billion. In its 
fiscal year 2010 report, it said it, it costs about $12 billion. The report was presented in such a way that it may not be an apple-to-apple comparison, yet it seems government spending on cybersecurity is increasing dramatically. As Congress looks to cut the federal deficit, should the government continue to increase spending on IT security? Should it freeze spending at current levels? Or perhaps should it reduce the amount of spending on IT security? I'm trying to lead an effort in the, in the Senate that helps us to focus on every nook and cranny of the federal government to see if if we can get better results for less money or better results for not uh, using a whole lot more money. Well, I'm convinced that we can get better results if we move away from, uh, I call these paperwork exercises that are, that we pretend like we're evaluating this, uh, the effectiveness of our security, but it's just really paperwork activities. We waste about, I don't know, one or two billion dollars a year on, on the paperwork, which frankly doesn't reflect that our, our cybersecurity protections any better. So that's a good place to start. And my hope is, our, our legislation here and some other stuff that we're doing will, will, will help in that regard. The other thing is, if again, if we're smart, we'll use our purchasing power to leverage better protection up front. And if we're smart, we'll make sure that uh, all of our agencies are doing better what uh, NASA, what Department of the Army, what the Department of State are doing in terms of 24-7 protection, the video camera approach as opposed to taking like a photograph once a, a year. And one of the things that we do, I think, very effectively with the Nuclear Regulatory Commission they don't just do paperwork exercises to make sure that 104 nuclear power plants in this country are safer than they used to be. They do force-on-force exercises. Bad guys who really are good guys, they play the role of a bad guy who really try force-on-force, force their way into nuclear power plants and take them over. That's not a paperwork exercise. That's the real deal. We need to take that kind of approach where we're not doing paperwork exercises to test the strength of our uh, cybersecurity protection, but we actually do the real deal. The last thing I would say, Eric, China's actually quite good at recruiting and training, particularly young people who are aspiring hackers, and they put them together in schools and camps and uh, train them to get, be really good at this stuff. We're beginning to do that. We've been doing that in this country a, a year or two ago. We're doing it especially in Delaware, and there's a lot of jobs. There's a lot, a lot of job opportunities, whether young people or not so young people, to have the professional skills to better protect sensitive materials. We need people with these skills. And up until now, we've not been producing them in, in our country. And we're beginning to do that. And that's an, an, another important thing. It's part of our of our legislation. Let me just go back to the uh, the spending point. Yes, there can be a lot saved, as you point out, maybe billions of dollars in eliminating paperwork. However. I guess there's a sense that there's a need to invest more into IT security, just like we have to invest in defense to uh, protect important uh, infrastructures. Is there something about IT security where even some of the core programs should not be touched and we have to spend on it? I'm I'm sure there's some elements of cybersecurity that, uh, that 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 are essential, but I'm convinced that almost every federal program that we run, there's some things that we're doing that, frankly, aren't very smart. It's not very smart for us to to monitor, if you will, breaches into our systems like on an annual basis or a monthly basis or a weekly basis. We need to do it 24-7. That'll actually get the job done. We need to, to make sure that we leverage our purchasing power to buy technology with the protections already built in. That'll save money and, frankly, make us more secure. And we need to provide job opportunities for millions of people who can't find work. We need to keep in mind that there's a, a, a crying need for folks who have the skills that will enable people to go to work protecting our our sensitive materials for whether it's the public sector or the private sector. There's, a, there's a, there are things we can do to save some money here. And the last one is to make sure that we're not wasting a billion and a half dollars a year on paperwork exercises that pretend to reflect improvements in our cybersecurity when they do nothing of the sort. There's some things we can do. At the end of the day, we're going to have to spend money on this, real money on this, but we have to make sure that, that we're spending in a way that makes sense. Thank you, Senator.
Eric, thank you very, very much. I've been speaking with Senator Tom Carper, Delaware. I'm Eric Chabra of GovernmentForSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.